Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello everyone, welcome to a latest Wolves Fancast match preview. I'm your host, Little Dan. On tonight's show, we'll be talking about Monday's televised match between Fulham and Wolves. Uh, game week 13 fixtures, we'll be talking about obviously the big game on Saturday lunchtime between Man City and Liverpool and the rest of the uh, fixtures from the weekend. On tonight's show, I've got with me making his second appearance, uh, Dean Marsden. How are you, Dean? I'm alright, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Always welcome, Dean. Um, obviously, uh just a top guy, and I like having you on. I like talking to you. And making his uh, Wolves fan cast debut tonight, he's put out some posts today. He's, I think he's more excited than ever I was when I joined uh, the fan cast. We've got uh, Tom Gibson. You can find him at Tom Talks Footy. Uh, how are you going, Tom? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Look forward to it. Uh, obviously, we ask um, new guests the, the same sort of questions when they when they join for the first time. Who's your favourite Wolves player that isn't Steve Ball? And th- another thing that frustrated me today, Tom, was I realised <laughs> that you were literally half my age. So you probably have <laughs> seen Steve Ball plates. Uh, what's the uh, who's that flipping Accrington Stanley manager when he starts you know talking about falling out of love with football? The, the older I get and the younger people below me just become more evident in, on, on Wolves Twitter and whatnot just makes me feel really old. I wonder why <laughs> I wonder why I even do this anymore. Uh, who's your favourite Wolves player ever, Tom? Um, you know what? I'd probably just go with Neves. Yeah, straight up just, Neves. Love he's, him. He's up there. He's on the main Rushmore Wolves, ain't he? Probably hasn't, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't won any trophies like, you know, the proper greats of Wolves gone by, I've but he's, he's up there, isn't he? What's one yeah. of your favourite away days following Wolves, Tom? I loved, I don't think I'll ever have a game like it again as a fan. Uh, Cardiff away when we went up, I think that was one of the best away days I've been to. But I mean, them, them last few minutes, unbelievable. I, di- I didn't even watch the penalties, I had my head in my hands on both penalties, and you know, just waited to see what the crowd reacted like. And yeah, mental. Yeah, an absolutely Hall of Fame game in the uh, in the Wolves history books. That, that promotion season is still one of the most exciting seasons that we've had in my lifetime. Obviously, we'll be talking about the game away to Fulham on Monday night. The big sort of talking point is the sort of ha- Ralph Jimenez making his uh, first fixture against Wolves since leaving in, in the summer. Uh, Dean, what, what's some of your favourite memories involving that guy? If you think about it, he's the best... I know Bully was Bully, but if you take Bully out of it, he's the, one of the best strikers we've had for decades and generations. And it's sad how it ended. But I even watched the the hit the, the montage video of when he left came out on my on my timeline the other day, and you're watching, you're like the memories, the FA Cup goal, and even one of the most underrated goals is the semi final one, the yeah. chest, and then the finish. And you're thinking, he was in pandemonium at that point. He was in delirium, and then what happened after we can't talk about. It, but you look at that. 
even the debut goal against Everton, like from that point, you're like, you know what, we've got a strike career. The movement, the header, you know, man, we're on to something. But it'd be weird to see him back again. Um, knowing what'll happen, he'll have a blind error and he'll score. But at the same time, he's just not the same player since his injury. So I, I love the guy, I really do. But I just I just hope he doesn't come back to haunt us on Monday. What about you, Tom? What's some of your Raul memories that you're very fond of? Um, brilliant striker. I mean, you know, obviously that Arsenal game changed so much. But again, I feel like it made him love the club more as well. Yeah. Obviously, um, again, he had so many big moments for us. Every time he had the ball, you know, like the chance said, give it to him and he'd score. And, you know, he did that for us. And, you know, like, like Dean said, it's sad how it ended. I mean, especially like the Mexican fans that we had in as well and the input that that had on the club as well. And, yeah, just brilliant. I'd prob- I, don't, I can't really say a favourite goal that he scored, to be honest, because there was so many. One that I really remember was probably against Braga, that little header he had um, away. Yeah, for some reason that just sticks out for me. It's a great goal that was. Yeah, that was an unreal away experience. That Braga one was absolutely fucking pissed it down. That nice, but <laughs> just remember, sort of being was it like three. Was it three one up at half time or something like that? And yeah, it was just a mad night, and it, we just looked like a proper European side, didn't we? During that whole that yeah. campaign, and yeah. there's a picture on my Instagram um, where I was at uh, my it was at my, my godson's christening, and, and this like photographers took a picture of me when I'm not realising that he's looking and I'm having this big massive pond and looking out onto the field and literally my point my thought literally is what, what if he scored that penalty against Sevilla <laughs> it was Wolves <laughs> Wolves yeah it would have been like sort of it wouldn't have been smash and grab in that sort of first period because it was obviously really yeah. early into the game really missed yeah. the penalty but yeah. you just think we was being one nil ahead Wolves were sort of you know Known for sort of defending like beavers, like Chris Kamara would say. Yeah, um, would have closed it out. Yeah, would have closed it out. But that that's a severe yeah. game. It's not even the penalty that sticks in my head. It's the commentator of that Adama run. The <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of the memories that just sticks in your head. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to everyone who's joining us on on YouTube. Get your comments in with your some with some of your uh, Jimenez memories. We've got Jordi who's joining us again. Hawaii, the lads. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Um, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a really I don't know how to word it. Really, it's a bit sort of a a wholesome fixture on, on Monday night. Yeah, it's um, it's yeah. going to be one of them. I, mean, I, I, I'm thinking earlier in an ideal world, we'd probably be like six 0 up. And Jimenez gets a consolation. I think that's the only yeah. real, yeah. that's the only sort of uh, sort of scenario I want to unfold because I think if it's like, you know, two one and he gets a consolation, it gets a bit nervy. Then I don't want the nerves. I just want a yeah, six nah. nil up and he gets a consolation. <laughs> um, yeah, he was sensational. Really big part of that year under under Nuno. Let's talk about some of the um, the, the fixtures that are. Game week 13 this weekend in the Premier League. Man City versus Liverpool at 12.30, followed by Burnley versus West Ham, Luton versus Palace, Newcastle at home to Chelsea, Forest at home to Brighton, and Bournemouth travel away to Sheffield United in the three o'clock. So the Friday, the Saturday night evening kickoff is Brentford at home to Arsenal, 
Sunday, we've got Spurs um, at home to Villa and then Man United travel away to Everton for the 4.30 and obviously the big game for us. Monday, 8pm, uh, away to Fulham. Where's your money for a banker this week, Tom? Who's uh, who's going to win for you? Oh, um, I'd go Burnley-West Ham. I think West Ham will win that com- comfortably. I'd say that's, that's probably the banker for me. Yeah, Burnley. I think the pressure is starting to rise on on Vincent Company, isn't it, Dean? Where's your money this weekend? I was going with West Ham. You stole it. Um, <laughs> initially, I was drawing towards United, but Everton are going to be so pumped up. The atmosphere is going to be quite pumped up after the um, the points deduction, and there'll be like point to prove us against the world. So probably, if I can't pick that one, probably probably Brighton. But even that Forest are decent at home, but. If I had to put a tenner on something and I can't have West Ham, I'd probably go Brighton. It's mad. I was thinking of Brighton myself. You know, I'm going to go with Brighton as well this weekend. But you look at that form table on the right. Brighton haven't won a game in, in the last six. Drawn four, lost two. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Forest haven't got much better record. They've, they've won one in the last six. Drawn three, lost two. But I just think that Brighton have got to turn a corner sooner or later. I know they've yeah. had a bit of a yeah. bit of a hiccup recently, had sort of injuries. Obviously, whether they can cope with the Europa League demands on top will be um, something that we see in the ne- in the next sort of few months. But yeah, I'm going to go with Brighton as well away to to um, to Forest. I feel like they've got like, they've got to turn the corner at some point. Forest ain't really hitting the ground running like they did at home last season, which I think got them over the line in the end. So. Yeah. We'll look at the fixtures uh, a bit more there. The fixtures obviously is the big one this weekend. It's obviously Man City at home to to Liverpool. I did read a stat, and I I, I don't really want the Wolves fancast to be a, a channel that wants to sort of give sympathy towards Liverpool. But you read the stat that Liverpool have, have played something like twelve games um, yeah. after an international break at half past twelve compared to the next team, which is like four. It's, it's a bit harsh, that is, and then, you, and then you tie in with their um, their form away to Man City. They've only won one in the last eight away at Man City. Where's yes. where's your money on um, that fixture, Tom? See, I think these type of games, I think whoever's at home automatically has an advantage because I think like both teams have good followings. I know Man City get a lot of stick about their fans and whatever, but. If, if the place is rolled up, I think Liverpool will struggle, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, it's, they always have good games when they play each other as well. Like It's 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 box yeah. office. Like. Um, so I'd probably go, I'll go with Man City, I think, because obviously they're at home. I think if it was at Anfield, uh, it'd be a bit different. But I think the home advantage is definitely going to help them on Saturday. I think if you're going to put money on anything, you just put uh, you know a fiver on each team to win and both teams to score. I think it's it's yeah. going to be one of them games. I don't think either team am great defensively. I think um, Liverpool have probably got the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment in regards to sort of form, and that Allison is is up there, isn't he? Uh, what do you think to that match, Dean? I think it depends on who's been away. So obviously you've got that factor as well. Like Harland didn't play in the week, so he's going to be fresh. Depends on Alvarez. I don't know when. Argentina's game was same with Allison and Brazil. Is when do they get back? How long they trained for? It's an early kickoff, but uh, it's, it's got to be. You can't go against City at home, personally. Like you, you've got to, you've got to back them. They're, they're the team that they are for a reason. 
yeah, you can't deny it, can you? Especially at home. Obviously, the, the last week there was talks of Erling Haaland being um, being injured going to the game. Didn't play, I think, the last game for for Norway in the international break. But apparently, Erling Haaland and all the for there's four or five other Man City players that were a doubt. We're, we're seeing all in training today, so yeah. you, you you always wonder how much truth there is in in regards to injuries. Talking about injuries, uh, Gary O'Neill did his press conference yesterday. And he revealed that uh, Pedro Neto won't be able to make the game on Monday away to Fulham. His comments were, there's no exact time frame, but he won't be available for Monday. We're hopeful it's weeks until he's back. It's hard because there will be tests, checkups and scans done and we'll be guided by how he's healing. He's healing very well and probably ahead of where they'd want him to be. We're pleased with the progress he's made, but with the nature of the injury, we need to make sure everything's ticked off properly before he's back with the group. Uh, furthermore, Gary O'Neill, obviously Craig Dawson is suspended for the game on Monday. We'll talk about the, the likely lineups in, in a few moments. Santi Breno had a bit of an ankle knock before the international break. He's expected to be uh, fit to be in the squad, the same as Matt Doherty has got an hamstring strain and Mario Lamina have picked up an ankle knock away with Gabon. Uh, obviously, the long-term injuries, we've still got Joe Hodge out with a shoulder injury and Nathan Fraser has picked up a, a quad strain. So, Looking at the um, the team for um, on, on Monday night, he's talking about Fulham in, in particular. They've got uh, Jao Pelinho, who's supposedly, well, he's, he's going to be out suspended. Wolves have been going um, predominantly with a back five recently. Back three, back five. Uh, yeah. Tom, um, would you match Fulham up and go sort of 4 2 3 1? Um, I'd, I'd probably stick with what we're going with. I'd stick to the same plan as always. Um, you know, sometimes when you change your formation, you know, and some players don't stick to it, um, I'd stick with what we got. Um, obviously, it's going to be a big impact with Pauline, you're out for them. I think it'll be a big shoes to fill for Bueno coming in for Dawson. I think he's got a big task on his hands and we'll see how he deals with that because, I mean, obviously, he had his shot at Ipswich in the Ipswich game and there was mixed opinions on him. So, you know, he's got another chance in the squad now. So it'll be good to see how he adapts to it, really. What about you, Dean? What's your um, your thoughts on maybe matching them up? I can see I can see the positives and the negatives to it. Um, I think the good thing at the minute is we've been kind of in the five, but we've been changing to the four anyway in possession or whatever and allowing eight Nori to just bomb on Totty's been slotting across and I think the negatives to Dawson's game is his pace which is the same as Bueno so it they are like for like but in that sense but Dawson's a lot more of an experienced pro and all that kind of stuff I think having the two with a Wolby in there who seems to always have a bit of a he used to, he used to, I don't know what he does he just turns into prime R9 against us and um, always scores. So if you, I'd, I'd keep, I'd try and keep the three in there, like you've got on the screen now, just to give us. But then I'd obviously drop Sasha, and then um, have a, have another defender in there. But I can see the positives to it. It'd be, I'd want Lamina to do a bit of a job on Iwobi if we keep the the four two three one, and then just have Gomez and Belgard just running riot really. Yeah, as you can see on the screen there, I did do a sort of a mock-up with a, with a 4-2-3-1, back four of Samado, Kilman, Totti and Aitnori. I mean, we've, we touched on it moments ago and we don't want to go into sort of um, di- disparaging role, but I'd like to think a back four would be able to marshal role if he's going to play 
up front on his own. And then it's obviously it's up to your your midfield two of Gomez and Lamina to sort of marshal Willie Aniwabi and um and Harry Wilson. Um it's just where do we where do we draw the line on when we're best to play with a back five and when we should be trying to influence our better attacking players like we've got there, the the, the front four of Huang, Balgard, Cunha and, and Kalajic, Tom? Oof, um, I think from what I've seen so far, we tend to go like more defensive when we're playing the bigger squads and the bigger teams when you've got a tougher game, which, you know, a lot of teams do. Um, but I think the thing is, with our wing-backs, with Samado and Aitnori, they're so good going forward, you don't want to restrict them at the same time if you go into like a five-back. Um, you know, I feel like it gives them that like licence to just bomb on forward, and it works because, I mean, Aitnori, I was watching a compilation of his season so far. He's unbelievable on the ball. Like, I, just, I don't think... I think a lot of teams will be in for him, but it's you know up, up to Wolves if we think that you know if a prize comes in for him. Uh, we've got Arthur Busby in the comments section saying Wolves versus Fulham. What's Premier League coming to boring teams? Uh, thanks for your comments, uh, Arthur. It's really really pleasure to have you uh, join us tonight with your um, great insight there on two you know massively historical football clubs. Obviously, Fulham haven't got. The, uh, the trophy cabinet that Wolves have, but you know we've, we've earned our right to be in the Premier League as much as everyone else. Looking at that form table on the right there, Fulham uh, 1-1, drawn one, lost four of the last 16. That's why I wouldn't be against Gary O'Neill going at them from the start on on, yeah. on Monday night. And I know it's it didn't really work well when we, we did go with a back four against Luton, didn't we? And um, it, it didn't really come off obviously the sending off of Belgar didn't really mm. they was in a five weren't they so you didn't you what you, you wasn't matching them up was you but the good th- the thing that interesting thing about that is the goals for column for Fulham they've scored five goals in six games letting 10 so yeah I think I think if, if we are if, if Gary O'Neill has got scope to change to the four this is one of the games you target to do it because you ain't gonna mm. do it next week it's Arsenal have you so mm. yeah. it's the chance to do it they have got some some dangerous players. Obviously, Willian, I think, could be playing at a higher level than, than Fulham. You've mentioned Alex Iwobi, um, you know, a fully established Nigerian international, always causes us problems when he's played for us against, uh, for Everton. Harry Wilson's got a lovely left foot. Um, yeah. Yeah. You look at those sort of six players behind them, Lukic, Reed, losing Polini for them is a, a big blow for them. Um, Tim Ream and Diop at the back. They're not sort of two centre-halves that have got a massive bundle of pace. So if we can get yeah. those three players, Wang, Belgard and Cunha running at, at, at them too, I don't see why we shouldn't be going out from going at them from the start, Tom. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like, like you say, if this is the team where you are going to go to the four, why not do it here? Um, and obviously, as we've said, with Polina being out, that's going to be huge for them because, you know, when I've watched Fulham play, He's such a big character for them. And obviously, with Bayern sniffing around with him at the minute, if he does leave in January, I do think Fulham might be in a bit of trouble because he is such a key body in that midfield. And I feel like we'll exploit on that on Monday night with our midfield. I mean, Bellegarde, um, you know, if he starts in that 10, you know, we can see how good he is with the ball and keeping it. And I mean, you know, if, say, Lukic comes in, 
you know, I feel like he's going to have a task on his hands with our midfield. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see how we go. Uh, Jose Sarr and Totti made their Portuguese um, full debuts against, I think, was it Liechtenstein? The overnight yeah. Portugal yeah. ran out of the group with, I think it was 10 wins out of 10. It just show I've got no... No passion for international football. I, I lost it years and years ago. I'll, I'll watch the major tournaments, but the the, the qualifying stages is just. I'd, I'd rather watch Married at First Sight. What, what's your opinion on um, international football, Tom? Um, I was I was having this debate today actually. So like the friendlies, I'm not a fan of. I think we have like so many friendlies throughout the season. You get into a good rhythm, then it stops, and you've got two week international break. Um, obviously the major tournaments I love love the major tournaments you know the whole country's together and but I don't really come across many people who will say they enjoy watching these friendlies when we're playing like so for example the England games and you know some games we're playing against people and the commentators saying oh the right back works part time in Sainsbury's so I just feel like it kind of takes like takes the flow out of a season in a way because you'll get into a flow and then you've got to stop for internationals. And if you're not an international, then you've got two weeks training at your club where the intensity won't be as high because some of your best players are out on international duty. So, yeah, I'm not really a fan of the friendlies and the stoppages, but the major tournaments, I, I've got to love them. I love them. Feel the same, Dean? I think it's the scheduling that gets me up, the, the gets my back up the most. Is It is literally every four weeks there's a break, like, but I think I think I don't know if it was might have been was it Pep? It was either Pep or Xavi. One of them's put something out recently, the, the last day or two around scheduling and what they're looking at is they're looking at doing kind of your your season in so many months, then have a couple of months of your international, so you have a more condensed, then you have a month off, and that's that's your year as a footballer, which I think that would work better because you can create a bit of a a, a bit of interest around it if you know all the England games are coming short space of time. Even as a as a manager, like if you're in Southgate, like I know some of us don't rate Southgate, but at the same time, if he's got a lot of games in a condensed amount of time, he can try more with his systems and his players. And whereas at the minute you might put some, but you might have an idea. I want to do this in the Euros. You play your game in October. Come your next international break, someone's injured, so you can't. You, there's no continuity, so you can't get it together. So, but me personally, I don't watch. I only watch the major tournaments. I have no interest. Like, the international breaks is my international break like I have, a, I have I have a week off from football I don't, I don't watch anything and then I come back in for the Wolves games but I think the scheduling is the bit that gets everyone's it's like Pep and everyone mode like all the players have been like like Huang for example he's been yeah. in Korea for two weeks he's come back probably didn't land until yesterday luckily yeah. we're playing Monday but you look at the Korea you look at Brazil South America they're all it ain't just an in like Raul I don't know if Raul will even play because when did Mexico finish? And maybe he's got to fly back. I know it was always always on the fence when he played for us. Is he going to be all right? Is he not? There's a few times we didn't start him because he didn't fly until Thursday, Friday. But I think that's the biggest thing for me is the scheduling. That's the bit that, I, that annoys me the most. Yeah, it is frustrating. Cause you, I want to be interested in England. I, I want to like properly, properly back the team. But when you're seeing a certain players that are just regurgitating every single squad that, you know, completely out of form, barely even play for the teams. Calvin Wilson's the main example for me. Barely barely has any minutes for Man City and still somehow manages to get 
um, England appearances. Obviously, Harry, Harry Maguire has had a bit of a rough time, but he's, he's come back into a bit of form recently, but hasn't justified previous call-ups. Same with Marcus Rashford this season, been an absolute... Um, well, it's just been awful compared to last season's form. Marcus Rashford's still getting call-ups, but let's get back to the uh, Fulham Wars game because we've uh, gone off on a tangent there. Um, <laughs> we have talked about sort of going to a back foot, you know, sticking with a back five. Who are you dropping from that side there, Dean, if we are to go to a back five and who would you have back in with uh, Kilman and Totti at the... I'd probably go Sasha for Santi. Um, that'd be my change. So you'd kind of, I'd kind of match up to what we did um, against Spurs is you'd have Belgarde in the, in the, in the three, but slightly to the right. Then have Cunha through the middle. Actually, Cunha was more to the left against Spurs and Huang was through the middle. That would be my change, I think. I'd everything else, I'd have keep as it is. But I just love Aiton Ori at the minute, just how good he is going forward. And and Nels as well on the other side. Gets a lot of um, gets a lot of stick than he Nels, but I'm team Nelson. Um, How's your back three set up with Santi, who's playing the, the sort of sweeper? I'm putting him straight in the middle. I'm putting Santi in the middle, like for like with Dawson, because... I wouldn't trust him on the outside because if you Willian and Wilson, they're going to come in naturally. So they're going to double up and Anthony Robinson, the left back, he's going to push on as well. So I'd like that continuity between Samado and Kilman with the communication. They've got it pretty locked. So I wouldn't want to move too many around. Yeah. I think we deter ourselves, don't we? If we move Kilman from that, that right centre half spot, yeah. the way he's able to bring it out and, you know, just with the body shape, you just you don't know. He doesn't. I don't think he he obviously knows. I don't think the majority of the crowd or or, or the managers know which way he's shaping up. He can either go across field or he can literally carry it 20, 30 yards just on his on his right foot if he feels the the um, the urge. What's your sort of lineup, Tom? Based on that conversation, do you throw um, Santi in as well? I'd put Santi in. Yeah, I'd I'd give him another go. And I feel like if you are going to give him a go, give him a go on this game. I feel like with, don't get me wrong, I loved Raul in a wolf shirt and, you know, I still love the bloke now, but he's not the player that he once was. And I feel like if, you know, he hasn't played much for us, Santi hasn't, I feel like if you put him in now and he has a good game, you know, it can give him a confidence boost. I mean, I'd probably put him in the three, similar to Dean, um, just to have that communication with Kilman next to him as well be a big thing for him so yeah similar to Dean really yeah yeah I can't really knock it obviously Santi was was brought in the summer as the um obviously the, the, the future to take over Dawson the way it's sort of put down on on paper it, mm. I, I don't know whether I'm like I, I don't know if I had COVID a few weeks ago so I still have 100% I don't know what's wrong with me I've got a bit of brain fog but it, it wouldn't surprise me if Gary O'Neill throws in like Johnny on, on Monday night, I know mm. it's a bit flipping, I, I, it is a bit risque, but mm. I feel like he's come out a couple of times. He's talked about how, how Johnny's been solid in training, you know, he's, yeah. he's working hard. I think obviously he tried uh, Johnny, didn't he? It's centre off in one of the League Cup games and moved mm. Doctor to the the right wing back role. Blackpool, wasn't he? he tried them both. Like he swapped them mm. at half time. He had yeah. one the right centre back, one the right wing back, and then they just swapped them. Yeah. I think Johnny is reliable. Yeah. It's just whether his fitness can be up to the the standard that the Premier League is gonna throw at him on, on Monday night. Yeah. Obviously he knows Raul like I mean the best mates weren't there at Wolves. So I, I, I don't I, even know if he's in the country. His missus put on Instagram yesterday, they was in Finland. On like some kind of Santa retreat, Johnny. All oh, right, then the oh. um the one 
We had the one YouTube video. I, I could have sworn I saw him. He might have he come back late yesterday. He was definitely in the video that they released earlier. Or they might have gone on their own, just the missus and the kids. But I know the yeah. missus and the kids, they was over in Finland. Yeah, I, I just think, like, he's reliable. If we're going to go to a back five, he's not going to be asked to sort of bomb forward. For mm. a small guy, he's got a good leap. I feel like he, he could he could marshal Jimenez if, if we need to. I just don't know how that sort of, who plays that centre role if, if you if you do bring in Santi or Johnny or even... yeah. I, I don't know who else you could even throw in there. I don't think, and I think uh, Johnny's more of a reliable centre half option than than Doherty would be on yeah. on Monday night. Mm-hmm. What's your um, score prediction for the game on Monday night, Dean? Two 0 Wolves. Nice and easy. Um, Two 0 Wolves. I reckon Cunha will get the first goal, and I reckon Santi Bueno will get the second. What's your score prediction, Tom? I'm going to go one 0 um, scorer was going to say Huang, but I'm just thinking, obviously, with him being away, you know, is he going to be up to scratch? Um, after having the time away, and you know, he could be jet lagged or anything for all we know, he could have an off game. But so, goal scorer, I'll go with Konya. I'm going Wolves 2 0 as well, Dean. I, I feel like if. If Gary goes at him, I feel like we can put these to the sword. I think, like you said, that they aren't they aren't a team that's got uh, that that are prolific in the goal charts at the moment. They've not got great home form or form in general at the moment. I feel like we're starting to build something. There's a bit of a fun factor to Wolves coming back. Um, I, I listened to one of the Wolves weekly episodes, which is another obviously another good podcast, probably. Um, one everyone should be listening to if they aren't already. And uh, Andy Thompson was talking about the um, the Tottenham game. I don't know if either of you heard it. Yeah. And he was talking about in recent years, like 75 minutes, 80 minutes, a lot of the, the stadium would have left early, but a lot of that fan base was still there come the 85th minute in that game at Tottenham because there's a belief again yeah. following this team. I feel like the, the fans are starting to build bonds with with certain players and um, talking about building bonds. Pablo Sarabia helped build a bond with me um, at that Tottenham game because everyone knows I've been slating him for, for months. Um, he even mentioned it after the uh, the game that he's had trouble um, acclimatising to the Premier League. But that goal there with the uh, animation boy at Todd um, underscore, go and check his work out. I mean, just that goal from... Every angle, Tom, the the creation, the touch, the finish, the the limbs. It's uh, it's, it's probably one of the the first moments of the Gary O'Neill that era that we we won't forget. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I kept saying this after he scored it. If Ronaldo scored that or Messi scored that, it's like oh, push- Salah scores that he's won the Puskas goal of the season award. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. But you know, you only that much of it because it's Sarabia but I mean the touch because the ball that Cunha's put in there that's a hard ball to deal with and the touch I think the touch just makes a goal and then just do it on the volley bear in mind he hasn't had the best of performances in a Wolf shirt to have the confidence to just hit it on the volley that was unreal and then not only just that minutes later to get the ball on the wing and slide it in for the winner I mean unbelievable it was. I've slated him. I've always said that he's a tidy footballer, but I think like the pace has been a bit of a struggle for him. Um, 
with the intensity of the Premier League. But we all know he's a, he's a tidy footballer. It's just whether he can sort of just re- re- keep repeating that sort of level that he showed yeah. when he came on against Tottenham. Dean. Yeah, that's it. Like he's technically he's a very astute footballer. You don't play for PSG. You don't go in Spain World Cup squads if you're not. But it is that physical adjustment I think that he's struggling with. Is kind of games like Spurs where they was just sitting. It's perfect for him because we're going to have the ball. They're going to be on the front foot. But one thing about that Spurs game, it was a bit of an eye opener for me that I need to move my season ticket in the summer to the South Bank because when the when the winner went in. I've jumped up, start grabbing the geezers next to me. And the ones looked at me like I've just kind of spat on him or something. I was like, <laughs> I need to move here. I need, I need to get over the other end. Um, but it was it is what, what Tomo said was right, though, because usually the usual suspects in the North Bank, I'm NU4, you can usually see them creeping out. And as soon as the stoppage time goes up, it's usually see you later. But like Saturday, no one no one went. It was literally just, let's then we're, we're going to get some of here. We know it's coming. And when the second one, the first one went in, that was it. Like everyone knew, just go, 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 just keep pushing. But the, the Sarabi, the touch, like, couldn't you? Do you reckon you meant it for Sarabi? I mean, um, some guy, uh, who was it, Danny P in the comment section saying, some saying that Cunha didn't mean that pass, that it was a shot or meant to be a deep across to Sasha. Mm. I'm not I'm not buying any sort of negativity towards that pass. I don't I don't I think see how it's anyone else, but but Sarabia and um, Wolves fancast this season, we're pretty much uh, throwing two fingers up to copyright. You're going to get these animations everywhere. <laughs> this, this, this is how we're getting around copyright this season. Um, go check out Todd um, underscore and Aaron J.B. Smith on Twitter with their animations because it's, it's top quality stuff. And I, I, I love stuff like that. It's, um, it's a bit niche and that's what we're all about yeah. at the uh, fancast. Talking about the North Bank, um, Dean, you had a bit of a... Uh, how do you word it? Productive night a couple of weeks ago, a week or so ago. Yeah, um, week today. Tell us, tell us all about it. Hey, yeah, so week today, modern you sleep out. I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but the whole point is you, sl- you put yourself in the North, North Bank, sleep under the lights at modern you, um, on the concrete. I don't know what that geezer's doing in a bucket hat, but um, I think last year was my first time doing it, and I was like, yeah, this is really good. But then this year really opened my eyes a little bit to the positive work that the the foundation and Good Shepherd do. Like one of one of the things the Good Shepherd do is they have two guests that come on the night and they um talk about their experiences from where they've gone with the Good Shepherd. And there's a couple of people that came in and they've gone from being homeless, using drugs, turning their life in prison, turning their life around, going from like a food bank, using it for a food bank. And then the Good Shepherd have helped them to get accommodation, get jobs, get themselves set up in life. And they're both really smashing it at the park now. So they're helping other people in the same situation. So it's it's like a full circle and it really hits home how much the money makes a difference. Like me personally, I've done what, like six, six, seven hundred quid, which is great really for little old me. But as a whole, I think they've pretty much done um near enough like 50 grand, I think, or something like that. They're heading towards 30, 50 grand, which it's going to make a massive difference. And the club are so good with it as well. Like that little kid there with the snacks, like the club will put stuff on for you. You've got a couple, you've got teas and coffees. A couple of the Wolves women were there serving coffees up and the usual people there, Carla Kimi. The only, the only negative was people snoring. Um, if Gary Poundland watches the stream at him, he usually always snores. Um, but he didn't this year. But there's always someone manages to snore on concrete. I just don't get how you can do that. I barely slept, but it was raining this year. So it was a lot tougher and it really... 
I'm sitting there, I'm talking to the lad at Hayden who I'm who I was camping with, and I'm like, imagine if we didn't have this roof. The only if we're actually really homeless, the only choices we have is stuff like a multi-story car park, and you're not safe. Like there's anyone can come at any time, and you see people on social media just being complete idiots and doing things to homeless people and it really kind of very humbling i'd say is the overriding factor so anyone that wants to get involved just get like they'll do it next year as well but go on the walls foundation website there's links to the just giving and stuff just donate what you can pennies pounds it makes a massive difference in the community yeah definitely the walls foundation are are really impressive um done work with them in the past obviously our um, associate partners, Boston Coffee, um, provided food and refreshments for the night. Like you just mentioned there, the the young kid who like the the, the crisps and chocolate. It's all all these little things that go to well to helping. And like you said, if they've raised anything over, I mean anything is fantastic. But you're talking about numbers like 30, 50 grand. That's going to go a a great way to help helping a lot of people who are struggling. And there is a lot of people struggling out there with with various situations going on. Uh, Walls Foundation did also release another um, video earlier on talking about the um, is it Head for Space, the, the mental health program that they do, and Head that's a health. fantastic initiative that they do. So, yeah, help the Walls Foundation as much as you can. We'll try and put the um, the link out for the, the municipal if you've got anything else you can spare. Obviously, it's, it's everyone's, everyone's tight at the moment. Christmas is coming as well, but if you can spare anything, everything is appreciated. Uh, we're going to take a quick break now and then we'll come back and do a little bit of quiz before closing out the night. Just we'll be back in two seconds. This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home, or just from supporting your football team. You flattered to deceive, and as the bed sheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a lid on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to root cause and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced major trauma. It's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, developing be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers. That's betterhelp.com slash wanderers. Let's get back to the show. Thanks. Welcome back. Obviously, I've got Dean and Tom with me. We just talked about the modern new sleep out there. Thanks for joining us on the Wolf Fancast uh, in association with Audi, the Boston Coffee Company, and Shoot Music Promotions, who we'll be working with every week now for the rest of the season. On our previous show, we'll be bringing you uh, music tracks from UK bands um, and whatever uh, we can do to try and get you a bit more involved in the music scene because that's what I like. Secondly, to Wolves. We're going to have a quick quiz section um, now. Um, obviously, Tom is uh, a youngster, but I've put a couple of questions in uh, tonight, which are in, in recent years, so uh, there's no excuses for uh, So the first question is, and um, this will be six years tomorrow, Wolves beat Bolton 5-1 
at Molyneux. Goals coming from Willie Bolly, Leo Bonatini, Ivan Carrillero got two, and then Diogo Jota via John Ruddy assist sealed the day. But my question is for you, Tom, Dean, and anyone in the comments section is, Bolton that day had four ex-Wolves players play against us. Can you name the four ex-Wolves players? So, yeah, Saturday, 25th of November, 2017, Wolves 5, Bolton 1. There was four ex-Wolves players that came up against Wolves that day. Can you name them? James Henry. James Henry was not a correct answer, Dean. A lot of pondering, guys. Get that brain, get that brain memory working. Uh, if anyone else is in the comments section, you think you know the answers? I'm sure they'll be in the in the uh, if they're in the comments section, they'll probably be Wikipedia in right now. And if yeah. I see it, even <laughs> your uh, your screens change lights, guys, I'll be on to you like um, really yeah. Bolly on just, um, uh... Will Buckley that day. Nah, I have no idea. I'm blank. I, I, I got, I've got no interest in Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just went with who scored for Wolves that day. It would have been probably a lot easier for you guys, wouldn't it? I'd have probably, the, got, I'd, I'd have probably still struggled with the Bolly one. I'd have probably got the, the cap. The easiest one out of the four, you mentioned Henry, Dean. It was Carl yeah. Emery. That's the one who Carl I had on my mind, but I was debating if he was at Bolton at the time. Carl Emery was the easiest wow. one out of the four. I have, I I have no recollection running. of Carl Henry's career after QPR. <laughs> if you, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some um, highlights that we'll try and put up on our Twitter <laughs> tomorrow, but you'll see Carl Henry trying to chase down Diogo Jota for the fifth goal <laughs> and he gets nowhere near him. Um, the second reasonably um, easy answer out the uh, 4X Wars players was Adam Lafondra who oh, came okay. off the bench for them yeah, uh, yeah, on the yeah. day. And then the two really difficult ones uh, were former Wolves right back, Mark Little. Oh, okay. He was obviously yeah, right back under, um, I think, Mick McCarthy's first season at, yeah. at Wolves. And then the really difficult one was the centre-half for Bolton that day. He played once for Wolves, and that was David Wheater. Man. Maybe I need to sort of make my quizzes a little bit easier, but you need to just need to just realise that we ain't all as Wolves encyclopedia level as you. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd have got all four if if that nah. if I was asked that question. I reckon I reckon I would have got Carl Emery and Adam Lafondre at best. Yeah. I don't think I'd have remembered Mark Little and uh, David Wheater. The second question is, um, so ten years ago, uh, this weekend coming, Wolves beat Tramia two 0 in League One. Can you name our goal scorers that day? Tramia <coughs> League One. I don't think I'd have got this right. I'm I'm just putting it out there. I don't really remember much of that um home home calendar in League One. I remember I remember a lot of the away days, but not many League One home wins apart from sort of like Rover and the six four and yeah. Um, drawing one all against Coventry in the, the games that sort of stand out for me in that League One season, but I, I can't remember this Wolves 2 Tramia nil. Can you name the goal scorers from that day? I'm gonna have a punt at Kev Mack. 
Kevin McDonald is not one of the answers. Ooh, um... God, you'd have been like eight. <laughs> yeah. I have a guy, I got that excuse. Um, Dangerous Dave? Dangerous Dave Edwards is one of the correct answers. And then (laughs) the guy who put us 1-0 up um, against Trammy that day was the Scottish... um, I don't even know where to... Would you even describe uh, Lee Griffiths as a Scottish... FOM Jim. Scottish Jamie Vardy. (laughs) Yeah. That was the two correct answers. Wolves versus uh, Tramia 2 0 from 2013. Lee Griffiths and Dave Edwards was the score out. We've got, um, if you've been uh, viewing our uh, Wolves social media pages the last sort of week or so, whilst I've been absolutely bored to death of the international break, I've been putting out some pixelated Wolves players. Um, and we haven't done it on social media today. I'm going to put it out after this episode, but I've saved these pictures. For uh, for Tom and Dean tonight, can you name the four players that feature in these pixelated pictures? Dan's silly game. Top left is Kevin Doyle, I think. Um, Hunt bottom left, right eight Nori, and top right Guediora. Are you going to go with the same? as uh, Dean's nominations there, Tom, because I'll, I'll tell you right now, he hasn't got all four right. I'd go with the three apart from bottom right. Bottom right, I'm going to go bad. with Virginia. Yeah. Between the two of you, you finally got both, yeah. oh, well, all four right. Kevin Dore top left, Adlan Guediora top right, Stephen Hunt scoring. Uh, in that 3-2 win away to Birmingham City. And, um, yeah, the Portuguese super wonder kid, Vitinha, who was... That shirt not... that Vitinha's in, it's my favourite of the Fosun era home shirts. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, nice, it's, nice, nice it's that bit darker. Yeah. It is. Nice, nice little kit. Um, that Kevin Doyle... Um, bird a kit never been a fan of i don't know whether it's just because it's um you know it was just a really bad season you're talking about that Stephen on scoring that three two that was a good good away day that yeah. was obviously i think that was the difference between Wolves staying up that day and uh, Wolves getting relegated paul robinson absolutely breaking um Eban Ebanks Blake's leg yeah. that day. I think that was yeah. the difference between Wolves staying up and keeping Dean Saunders and Wolves going down and <laughs> revitalizing ourselves. Um yeah Thanks for joining us tonight on the Wolves Fancast match preview uh, alongside Audi, uh, the Boston Coffee Company and Shoot Music Promotions. We'll be back, I believe, probably on Tuesday night to talk about Monday's uh, away tie to Fulham. Thanks for joining myself, Dean and Tom. As I just mentioned, for the rest of the, the season, along with um, Shoot Music Promotions, we're going to be bringing you uh, music from UK bands. This week, we're going to be bringing you uh, Southampton-based band Regent with their track, Liberation. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Oh.